everyone. Welcome to a new episode of the Electrek Podcast. I am Fred Lambert, your host, and I'm joined by Seth Wintram. Ready for a big show this week, Seth? Oh, yeah. All right, we have a big one. And for the people that are, are tired to hear us talking about Tesla all the time, it's we actually have not that much Tesla news and a lot of other AV views, like a lot, a lot. So stay tuned for that on the later half of the show. But uh, let's discuss what everyone is talking about this week is the whole situation about the, the layoffs at Tesla, what's happening with that. So if you've been following the uh, progression of that news, it started earlier in the week when um, we, uh, we, we we caught an email from Elon to employees. There was two emails, actually. First, it was an email to executive. And then after that, an email to everyone. So there was some confusion about that. First, people were thinking, okay, the He's only talking about the executive, but no, he was talking about everyone. It was it was basically a call to come back to work in the office. Uh, he he said that, and I'm quoting here: anyone who wishes to do remote work must be in the office for a minimum, and I mean a minimum of 40 hours per week, or depart Tesla. This is less than we ask of factory workers. Uh, so by saying if you want to do remote work, you have to do 40 hours in the office is basically telling people like you have to work in the office. Like uh, I know that people at Tesla can work hard sometime more than, than 40 hours, but we, we know what he's trying to do here. Uh, then he, he added in a follow-up email, uh, the one to everyone said, the more senior you are, the more visible you must be. Uh, the more visible must be your presence. He's talking like Yoda. <laughs> uh, this is why I live in the factory so much. Yeah, okay. So that so that was on the line. So so that those on the line see me working alongside them. If I had not done that, Tesla would long ago have gone bankrupt. All right. Um, so there there was some different ways to look at this. Like if you take it at the face value, you have to assume that Elon believes that the best work is done in the office and not remotely, which, I mean, you could argue if that's true or not. Um, but, but for that's what, the way he sees it, because he called it, he called remote working, he called it phoning it in, like, uh, which is in my own poor understanding of the English language. It's like an expression used when people are not really, like, they are halfway working. They're just like, yep. yeah, that's what I thought. So obviously, remote work has become extremely popular in the last few years with the pandemic. Uh, it has become required in some cases, and um, a lot of companies have, have, have they, they've been trying to get people back to work uh, for the most part, back to the office, I should say. But a lot of them have opened up to the idea of allowing more people to do remote work. Uh, they find that, that in most cases, people are actually more productive, so uh, it, it works out for everyone. Elon seems to disagree. But the other way to see it, if you don't look at the face value and you look at the actual result of, of, of his call back to the office, is that it, it's basically a way to lay people off without laying them off. Right. Like just And a lot of people kind of assume that right from the get-go. Yeah, that was the assumption for many people. Like, because a bunch of people just are not going to want to do that. And the market right now for work is extremely competitive. So you can just move to a company that's going to allow you to do your work remotely. And um, now, why would Elon want a um, way to lay off? Tesla is pre uh, pretty well secured financially, um, though you can always get better. But the way I see it more is Tesla had a big wave of hiring during the pandemic. So, so Tesla has hired a lot. I think they went from 2020, like 80,000 people to 100,000 people. So they are hired... To, uh, 20,000 people over the last two years, maybe like 1,500 over the last like 12 to 16 months, something like that. So this is a big wave of hiring. And when you hire in mass like that, like, like tens of thousands of people, there's inevitably some inefficiency in your hiring. And either you don't hire the right people for the right jobs or you, you end up hiring too many, like one job, one, one a role that you taught. A job that you thought would take like four people to do, uh, maybe it takes two or vice versa or whatever. There's a bunch of inefficiencies. So it makes sense after a big wave of hiring like that to do a wave of layoff to level things down. Like This is common for me, even companies that don't have any financial issues. It's just improve efficiencies. Um, and the thing, too, is like <laughs> Tesla has been hiring heavily during the pandemic when, when everyone was working remotely. 
So it didn't even bother to build office spaces, build parking spaces or anything like that for to, to support those people because it didn't need to. People were working remotely. So even asking everyone to come back to work is literally impossible. Like Elon knows, or at least you should know that as asking that is asking for to, 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 I mean, I shouldn't say layoffs, but to have people leave. But then I should say layoff because later on on the week. Well, that's weird. Um, later on the week, there was two other emails. First, an email that we didn't see. It was reported by Reuters. It was an email just to uh, a few executives, apparently. Uh, so we only have bits of pieces of the email in which Elon says that he has a super bad feeling about the economy. The, the quote here is super bad feeling. And uh, he wants to cut 10% of the jobs at Tesla. Uh, so it's a more clear layoffs. I mean, again, some of that would have been taken care of organically through just forcing people to get back to the office. But it looks like part of it, at least, is going to have to be um, done by Tesla, some actual layoffs. But then what was uh, clarified uh, in another email that we obtained Later on today, uh, after the first, after the report from Reuters about the executive email, Tesla, uh, Elon sent an email to all Tesla employees where it clarified that the, the 10% of layoff is, is for salaried employees only. So people that are paid by the year. Well, I mean, you get your check every month or whatever, but not by the hour. Uh, yeah, you're not, you're not an hourly employee. Uh, he said that. Uh, the employee staff will actually, uh, hourly employee staff will actually increase. So the, the quote is, Tesla will be reducing salary to headcount by 10% as we have become overstaffed in many areas. So you change the reason here, like from the email to executive, apparently, closer to what I said earlier about just the efficiency of being, uh, of hiring so much, you become overstaffed. And um, you, you went to that instead of saying, I have a bad feeling from the economy, let's tighter tighter uh, or belt a little bit. And then he said, note, this does not apply to anyone actually building cars, battery packs, and installing solar. Hourly headcounts will increase. So basically no one that works on the production line, no one that uh, sells cars, no one that uh, delivers cars, no one that installs solars. All, all of those jobs are secure, which is a good clarification because Elon has, a, has an history of making brash announcement that Tritton Tesla employee's job and then uh, backing away from it. So, are people who work at uh, stores considered salaried or are they? I think they are hourly. I think, mo- uh, like, uh, at least the entry level people are hourly, and then maybe the managers or uh, are, are, uh, salaried employees. Mm. But I would think that those jobs are mostly uh, secured because, like, you, you need a manager for, for those stores. So. Right. Unless this is talking about shutting down more stores. <laughs> but yeah, it was like now it sent Tesla stock dropping like 8% last time I checked today. It's, um, it's yeah, a bummer for nine, Tesla shareholders. Because, uh, what, what is it? It's down 9.22% today. 9.2%. Whoa. Yeah, it was a bummer because basically Tesla raised the gain that they did uh, throughout the week because Tesla was coming back up during the week. And now this does it. When I think the way that the news came out, I think is uh, what like it, it could have been better if the news was indulged in a, in a better way. The way it came out, and uh, again, Fred, Fred is going to call for PR. Like, I'm, not, I'm not even saying that anymore. I don't even care. I'm just saying that if uh, the news was just. Tesla is cutting down 10% of jobs in order to uh, improve the efficiency after a mass hiring period of two years. Like, all right, that makes a ton of sense. That's actually good for the financials of the company. Makes sense. But then it came out of instead Elon saying that he has a super bad feeling about the economy, then that 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 sounds bad. That sounds like he, he expects a big downturn and he wants Tesla to be ready for it. Um so that I think that that contributed to it. Did you see the Joe Biden comment, by the way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw, I saw what he said. But uh, I mean, Elon it, can't say Joe Biden's ignoring him anymore. Yeah, but I, I didn't like his response because 
like he basically he said other people are hiring so like what's what's the what, what's yeah. the problem but like if he has a super bad feeling about the economy he, he, he's kind of saying that might be a mistake what, they, what they're doing so i don't know but uh, in fact it cannot be a mistake because the the actual job that he listed uh like ford and and stellantis hiring or hiring for building electric vehicles which those companies need to do anyway otherwise they will go bankrupt uh, if they stick to their gas-powered car business right all right this uh do you have anything else to say about the like, layoff or i don't know i mean you know at, when we're talking about ford those expansion was a plan probably years in advance mm-hmm. and you're right they need to be they need to get into evs feels like every month <clears throat> Uh, Farley is saying, hey, we're going to double down on electric again. It just double, well, double, the, double, double. This one, this announcement was a little bit weirder because it was like 3.6 billion announcements, 6,000 jobs and all that. But like a big chunk of it was going to uh, producing the Mustang, the new right. Mustang, the new Ranger, which so far, as far as we know, are not electric. Right. Uh, then to investment to expand production of the F-150 Lightning to 150,000 units next year. That was already announced. So I'm like, all right, that's not really news. Like, you guys announced that. Like, now you approve the investment that you already said is going to happen. So the only really real new EV investment that, that I saw in this announcement was $1.5 billion for a new uh, commercial electric vehicle to be produced in Ohio. Uh, so that, that could be fun. But don't, and then don't they didn't say it. anything about that vehicle. Nope. Nothing whatsoever. Hmm. All right. Uh, this this is exciting. This is uh, good news for the people that are waiting for the Cybertruck. And I know there's a lot of people waiting for the Cybertruck. In the last few weeks, Hydra uh, produced the producer of the Gigapress, the giant die casting press that they, uh, that they do. Um, been working with Tesla for a long time. In the last few weeks, they've been teasing this 9,000-ton press that uh, they are building, they are putting together like this. This is the, them putting an assembly of it. Um, they, they, they've been teasing that, oh, we're going to unveil it in June. It's um, the future of casting. It's, it's giant and, and all that. It was rumored that it was going to be for Tesla because Tesla is the one that pushed uh, Hydra to make those bigger casting machines because uh, they wanted it to do the for the Model Y to do the rear casting in one piece and then the front casting in one piece and just bolt them together with the structural battery pack. So they needed that for a while. And Hydra built for Tesla the new largest casting machine in the world. The um, was a six thousand pound one. So like nine thousand pound. Like this is this is a fifty percent increase in capacity. This is a giant, much bigger machine than the already previously well recurred machine. Um, so over the last few weeks, people have been rumored that it was for Tesla and specifically for the Cybertruck. And Elon confirmed it this week that this is going to be the machine that's going to build a Cybertruck body. So why is this interesting? Is because the Cybertruck body, of course, is made of this exoskeleton, stainless steel exoskeleton system um, that we knew was going to um, require a, a completely new manufacturing way because the way that he first described it, you know, I, said, I think he said it's going to be like origami, but with sheet metal to build that the, um, the the body of the electric pickup truck. So you can imagine what kind of machine you need to uh, to do that. And apparently, it's a nine thousand ton die casting machine. Uh, the other way that he, he described it too is like if you look at the toy, like making a, a toy car costs nothing uh, because they make it in one piece. So I don't know if it, this the truck is going to be made in one piece, but it's going to be pretty close, as close as it gets, really. Um, no update, of course, on the cyber truck. Uh, the cyber truck timeline. It looks like it's still going to be um, early next year if all goes well. But this is one of the rare encouraging moment when it comes to uh, the Cybertruck getting to production. Is like this is actual equipment that looks like Tesla's going to take delivery of uh, relatively soon. Do you still have your uh, reservation? Yeah, of course. All right. Yeah, I mean, I don't have any hope of uh, the Rivian or F-150 getting to Canada anytime soon. It's just the demand is so strong and they're not... They're not they're not in a hurry to uh, in a hurry to jump to a new market. Yeah. All right, that came out yesterday. 
Elon announced that uh, Tesla may have a working prototype of the Optimus humanoid robot uh, by September 30th, which is the new date of the Tesla AI day number two. Uh, earlier this, uh, in the last month, Elon said that uh, that they would be on August 19, which is a year to the date from the first Tesla AI day. But uh, now it's going to be September 30th, and he gave the reason for the delay that we may have an Optimus prototype by then, working by then. Uh, so that's uh, that's actually what he said last year when he first announced the project. The pro- this project is moving fast. Like <laughs> if you remember when he like he had the little robot, fake robot human in a suit, basically. It was, on there was no robot. It was a, yeah. a guy in a suit. Yeah. Uh, do the little dance on stage, and and I mean, if you go back and watch that, I mean, obviously the dance is just like a little joke. But uh, Elon talking, up for, he, he doesn't sound excited about it. <laughs> he he basically s- presents the project as like, look, we already are expert in batteries and power electronics and computer vision and AI. So, like, our cars are basically robot on wheels. Like, we can probably make it a humanoid one. And if we don't do it, somebody else will. So, and we think we can do it safer. Like, all right, this sounds like a very exciting project. That you guys are in. Like, we can do it, so we're going to do it. Um, but then it's, it's changed quick. Over the last year, Elon's been talking about instead, like, that uh, it can be revolutionary for economies, what it can do. Uh, he even said that he thinks that the program could lead to Tesla being involved in developing general artificial intelligence, which uh, w- would be like a world changer, really. So uh, this is, and then of course he always says people are not understanding the extent of the impact of the of the robot and everything. I think everyone understands the impact. Is just like can can they do it? And he's right. like, "Oh, we're gonna have because, of course, of course, when you when you unveils it, like we just said, he had he had some guy in the in in a weird suit doing a dance. Like, yeah, yeah, nothing. At that could point. that could could that have been like a last second? Uh, I mean, that couldn't have been the plan, right? We had zero evidence whatsoever <laughs> that they've been working on that until that point. Uh, the first job posting for that came out after the 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 event." But that doesn't mean that internally they couldn't have some people like spending some time on the project. Uh, but yeah, moving from as far as we know, nothing on uh, in August 2021 to now a year later being close to have a working prototype. And then even crazier, Musk said the next year they might start production of the of the robot, which is a wild thing to uh, to say, but kind of normal day to day thing for Elon. Uh, so if you're not familiar with the Tesla bot, now Tesla Optimus program, the goal is to create a humanoid, like five foot something robot that can do repetitive and or dangerous tasks that humans don't want to do or can do, uh, that can be related to manufacturing. And he did hint that Tesla likely would be the first customer in the Tesla bot and use them in their manufacturing process as a, a worker robots. But eventually, to improve this, the, the system behind the robots, much like Tesla with the self-driving system, and get to a point where you can do practically anything, uh, which, uh, of course, is going to, if, if they can get there, it's, it's like I said, it's going to be world-changing. Yeah. I, so the, the thing, I guess, the high-level thing that I just don't understand is that, you know, both for self-driving and this, this robot, Elon has tasked his you know, employees, I guess, with, you know, solving real world AI, like uh, kind of like one of the things that would change the world. Like, you know, self-driving itself would, would be a huge deal, but like to get to self-driving with, without, you know, use of LIDAR or anything, you need to mm-hmm. basically be as smart as a, a human. And that to me, it's like, you've now tasked your employees with like, changing the world and you know like one of the like goalposts of like you know history when like you know you have like the printing press and like this mm-hmm. thing and it just for me it's like i don't know the, the goalposts are just flying all over the place i can't for me it just doesn't seem like they're solving one problem it just keeps moving all over the place yeah you has not quite said that 
specifically, but it almost sounds like like FSD has been so difficult to achieve that you might think that now you need AGI to achieve right uh, <laughs> FSD. So now the, the, that's why like you literally said that the priority has moved to the Tesla bot project and everything. Maybe not over FSD, but well, I guess it's one and the same, right? You need you need it, like almost. artificial general intelligence to solve the FSD problem. Given the I mean, hardware, if if you that. have uh, general artificial intelligence, you have solved FSD. There's no, yeah, there's you no solved a lot, of, a lot of problems. Yeah, yeah, so a lot of problems. But so but it has a, been so hard for Tesla to get to FSD, and they're not there yet. They're getting close, but not 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 quite there. So you would think that this is such a narrow intelligence. Like I know some dumb people that can drive a car pretty well, right? <laughs> like, so getting from there to general artificial intelligence, it's, it sounds like madness. But I don't know. There's, there's some smart people out there, right? <laughs> That's a pretty cool image. Um. All right, that was actually the last uh, piece on Tesla this week. Now we're gonna already move up to other EVs. Uh, the iX1, BMW iX1 was unveiled this week. This is the new entry-level electric car from uh, from BMW. So the X1 is their popular like compact SUV vehicle. And uh, it's, it's basically the entry line. And it's getting a new version uh, that was unveiled this week, a new, a new X1 version. And it comes in four different, uh, five different, well, I think actually it's going to be seven different versions. I'm not. Yeah, there's there's two petrol version, two diesel version, and later they didn't say when exactly. There's going to be the electric version, which is going to be the iX1, uh, consistent with uh, BMW's naming scheme uh, with the electric vehicle. And I think there's going to be two other plug-in version also later on, but they didn't discuss those plug-in version. So the the one that we care about is the BMW iX1 X Drive 30. That's the electric vehicle. Uh, it comes with a dual motor all-wheel drive powertrain uh, outputting 230 kilowatts, which is 313 HP horsepower. This is a nice little powertrain, of course, a skateboard-style powertrain. And uh, in terms of battery pack, they didn't disclose the capacity of the pack, but they, they claim it's going to have a range of 413 to 438 kilometers. That's 257 miles to 272 miles. That's the WLTP standard, too. So you can expect a closer uh, real range, real world range closer to probably 200, 220 miles of range. Uh, that's about it. They didn't release much more. They released, of course, some images of the... Whoop, can I click on those? All right. Uh, some images of the vehicle, something that you wouldn't be too uh, surprised about coming from a BMW. Uh, again, they are, they are starting to use the more classic uh, kidney grill instead of the elongated one that we've seen in a bunch of uh, uh, recent BMW electric, like the i4. And the INEX, people calling it the beaver teeth and, and things like that. Uh, I know a lot of people are not a fan of this, this version of it too, but I think at least it's a lot better than the beaver teeth. Uh, we don't have pricing yet, probably closer to the end of the year when the vehicle is going to launch in Europe. Um, but in the US, the, I, the X1 sorry, uh, starts at 35000 um, So that's always an issue when an automaker launches the same version that's gas-powered, energy-powered, oftentimes. There, um, there's a big difference in pricing that uh, people well, that the you know yeah. the 7500 alone is going to put it at 45, 42, 50 or whatever. So mm-hmm. if they could charge 4250, that would be good. I I think probably closer to 50,000. I had to guess. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. They'll make a premium package or whatever. But it's a nice little size uh, SUV. Like it's uh, definitely more compact. Like it would be, I don't know what exactly what competitor would be in that segment right now. Probably like a Kona or something. Yeah, like that. I was thinking that. Yeah. Nero Kona. Yeah. DeLorean. The DeLorean is coming back. They've been teasing it over the last year that they are relaunching the company. Like the 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 brand. Uh, I think they are. Are they based in Texas now? Uh, sure. I don't know. I don't know if uh, 
Jamie went into that. But uh, the CEO is uh, Joyce DeVries, who, if I remember correctly, was a CEO of uh, uh, Karma, was it? Yep. And before that, he was the Roadster guy. Uh, yeah, the, in charge of the service program of the Roadster and Tesla. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a two plus two kind of uh, elongated coupe, the low slung they call it. Mm, that's a good word. Zero point twenty three of uh, drag coefficient. That's good. Yeah, it looks uh, it looks sleek. Like a, I like some. Why can I not click on pictures anymore? That's weird. The gallery, uh, weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Gullwing doors are coming back, of course. Uh, you don't have the classic because uh, the stainless steel exterior that that is gone. You have, actually can have some colors on the on the DeLorean. Um, what else? Do, what, do we have any specs? All right, specs: zero to sixty in two point nine nine seconds. I think they all, yeah, they also did the zero to eighty eight miles per hour. That's awesome. Uh, as a as a um, kind of Easter egg with the the movie Back to the Future, uh, that will take four point three five seconds, which is also impressive in itself. Uh, top speed, um, the power comes a uh, hundred a hundred kilowatt hour battery pack for good for more than three hundred miles of range. Yeah, I mean, I would think so. It's just a two plus two. I mean, I don't know how big it is really, but uh, yeah, three hundred miles of range sounds like very doable in a hundred kilowatt hour pack. Top speed on one fifty five. Uh, they don't. They haven't released the price. Jimmy estimates a mid to high hundred thousand. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know if uh, does the DeLorean brand still has enough appeal to convince people to buy that instead of a, like a Lucid or or MLS or. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it would be cool, but the problem is, is like these companies with that are just names and prototypes. Like, it's not that easy to go from, as Elon Musk says. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. making a prototype is easy. Uh, yeah, the production is always an order of magnitude more difficult. But I mean, even even I'm saying, even assuming that they get to production and everything, like how, like it's yeah, I, I guess know. a few. It, it's people, not a mass but, market car for sure. Yeah, it's gonna be an expensive vehicle. It looks cool. They did a good job with the renders, but <laughs> they are renders. Right. Uh, it's not. It's not a working prototype. Looks like. Like the Galwin doors will sway some people. There's going to be some nostalgia involved, but yeah, I don't know. Well, we'll keep an eye on the project, but I'm not overly excited as of yet. Definitely keep an eye on it. All right. We went from a $100,000 car to the Bolt EV and EUV. Oh, wait. Before we get to that, I think we skipped over the VWID buzz. Did we? Did we talk about oh, that? My bad. I skipped from the BMW to the DeLorean. Yeah, we got a price of the ID Buzz through the uh, pre uh, pre booking they called it that they open in in the UK and other uh, places in Europe. So we got the European price, which is not a perfect. Refl- uh, you cannot directly transfer it to the US price or North American prices, but pretty close. So we're excited about the ID Buzz for a bunch of reasons, but the price was one. There was a bunch of reports that came out last year that said it might start under fifty thousand dollars. So if it starts around that price, like I know you can build it up with a bunch of features and whatever, but uh, it starts around that price with what you can do with the with the the van. It's it's pretty good, but actually with the prices that are coming out now, it looks like uh, it won't be nowhere near that. Uh, in the UK, it starts at forty seven uh, fifty seven thousand pounds. Which is the equivalent of seventy-two thousand USD. Though I assume that they have the taxes in there, so without the taxes, it comes down to about uh, sixty thousand, the equivalent of sixty thousand USD. Uh, but even but that's just with again going with the exchange rate. So the actual price could be different, but it looks like it's going to start over uh, sixty thousand uh, dollars. Which uh, I mean, I scanned the comments on that, and people are a bit disappointed, of course. But I don't know. 258 miles of range on WLTP. Uh, it's not it's not bad for sure. Uh, it doesn't, I mean, if you load it up and everything and you make it like a camper, like a lot of people want to use it as, uh, I, I don't know. It starts to get expensive, I think. But uh, 
Well, we'll have to wait and see. Did did W uh, VW ever release some uh, booking and like some some reservation numbers on that? No, I mean, I guess no. I guess they are just opening it now. If it's called pre-booking, I I hope this is the very first type of uh, reservation process that they have on it. So yeah, I guess they, they're probably going to announce something in the next few weeks uh, how that went. But uh, I'd be curious to see. Yeah, I mean, anecdotally, a lot of people I know are excited about it, and then of course I tell them, well, it's not going to be in the U.S. for another like three mm-hmm. years, and it's kind of a letdown. Three years? I mean, well, it's two years from... They said that deliveries in North America are going to, to to start in 2023 next year. No, that's not right. Yeah, from the unveiling, I had that. Uh, really? Yeah. Uh, I thought it was like 2025. They, they had the... Well, the list is not perfect, but let me, let me see. Uh, I had... Okay, so important anticipated date. So start of European ID bus cargo production, uh, first half of 2022. So the, the production should already have started on both the cargo and the uh, consumer version in the first half of 2022. Then European launch initial countries, third quarter of 2022. So initial launch, that's that's actually actual deliveries, I think, when they say launch. Start of advanced sales in Europe, initial countries, May 2020. So that, that's what we're seeing right now, the pre-booking in May 2022. North American debut of long wheelbase 2023. Oh, um, unless I got that wrong. What does that mean, debut in this case? If it's not launch, it's not. The North American sales launch. In 20, yeah, you might be right. It might be 2024 then. Because uh, the debut and also, uh, it's not clear in, <laughs> right. anyway, but yeah, 2023, 2022, the long base, the long, long wheel base. base. Yeah, so I it's can... not the long wheel base we're seeing right now. Guess not. I wonder if that's the, that's that, that cannot be the price for the cargo version of it though, now, right? To, uh, 50, yeah, maybe that's why they thought the yeah, 50,000. Yeah, that w- oh, yeah, that would make sense. Well, ten thousand less. Yeah, I mean, if you have a bare interior, that's probably that's probably about right. All right. Yeah. The uh, Bolt EV and EUV is six thousand dollar price card that came out of the blue Crazy. this week. Yeah, yeah, that's a this is a big one. So, um, if you're not familiar with the prices of those cars, it's uh, it basically brings the price down to twenty five thousand six hundred for the Bolt EV and twenty seven two hundred for the EUV. Um, what's crazy about that is like a 2017, if you go on like, you know, auto tempest or whatever, and you do a search for a 2017 Chevy bolt, which is like the first year they came out, you can find a nice, you know, low mileage one. It's about $25,000. So they're lowering the price hmm. very close to a five-year-old used one. I would have to assume that it's going to badly affect the prices of, of, of those bought badly. I mean, or good for, for people that actually want to buy them. It's probably going to bring the I mean, price I'm, down. I don't, I don't understand what happened here. Like, uh, you know, are there bolts like out on the lots? I don't think there's like a lot of bolts just sitting out in the lots. Yeah. Well, they restarted uh, deliveries of new orders just a few months ago, like because of the, of the replacement program for the battery pack that took forever. Um, we thought they were still selling like okay. Like they, well, first of all, that was never a huge vehicle program for for GM. Like they, it's, they never produce hundreds of thousands of units per year. We could have uh, been, could have, yeah, for sure, but uh, didn't happen. So it's it's not like they're sitting on a ton of them. But we have to assume that they're having some issues selling them if they if they are lowering the price. Well, everyone else is is increasing the price right now. Uh, we we we've been speculating for a while though that it's the end of the of the EV UV program because of um, is it the Blazer that's coming out and uh, Equinox Equinox Blazer. and Blazer. Well, Equinox is a little bit. Which one is the biggest? Uh, the, I, think the, I, th- I thought the, the Blazer was bigger, but uh, maybe not. But they, yeah, they, 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 I think they were both a little bit better, bigger than the EV and UV. Maybe the EUV is like the same size as one of them, but uh, with those coming at cheaper prices using the Yotsiam platform that's much more efficient. Um, and uh, then this version that's basically like a hasn't changed much since uh, 2019 was the refresh. And even then the refresh wasn't, wasn't a major refresh. So 
but yeah, it's still surprising to see that uh, they feel the need to to reduce it to twenty five thousand dollars. But it's good. I mean, there's there's not there's nothing that for a new a new EV right now. There's there's nothing in that price range. So, and I have to say, like the Bolt is a very good car. Like uh, I I owned one for three years. Like, when they don't catch on fire. <laughs> when they don't catch on fire, that's obviously. I mean, you know, that's a very important <laughs> caveat, but. Um, I enjoyed it. I, I think about that like car all the time. Like I wish, you know, it was easier to get into my model three. You know, I wish like I had car play, that kind of stuff. Eh, just, I can't, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, you know, to me, GM really is just like crazy. They, you know, the engineered a really nice car, uh, five years ago and they're just all over the place with it. Maybe it's at the dealership levels that they're having issues to selling them. Like, you know, they rely on a whole third-party system to right. deliver those cars and to sell them, really. And maybe that's that's what's like. We, we've been hearing from Ford this week. Ford has been like uh, really thinking about this. If like if we're going all in on electric vehicles, uh, we have to rein in our, our dealership and make sure that they are not price gouging people with the demand for them and and all that. Uh, so the, 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 they realize that it, it can be a problem. Audi way back, Audi saw it coming too. And they're like, yeah, I think we're going to have some issues with that. And they addressed it early. Uh, maybe GM is now, is now feeling that. But at the same time, I think they, they are hurting themselves. GM with like the Altium platform is, is what they're betting on right now. And they made it clear that, uh, uh, the Bolt TV and the UV are the last generation of our electric vehicle. They're, they're, they're the old generation. It's not the new one. Yeah, I guess uh, if they sell the Bolt in 2023 uh, and they sell, I think the Equinox or whatever is coming out uh, 2023 as mm-hmm. well, like at the end, the mm-hmm. back half of 2023, they can't have like, a, you know, a, a $30,000 Equinox and a $30,000 Bolt on the same mm-hmm. page. So they made the Bolt a lower end. And they might also product. just stop selling them altogether at that point. We don't know. Yeah, very likely. Yeah. I don't know though. Like I have to say I'm tempted to get one and because like if they're selling used five years old for the same price as they are selling for new now, I feel like you could probably sell it on the, the, the secondary market or something. Hmm. Yeah, this is kind of a low investment. And if nothing else, you've got a 66 kilowatt hour battery for $25,000. Like compare that to a, a power wall. You're, you're, uh-huh. you're laughing. <laughs> I'm going to stick the, uh, skip the Mercedes one. I'm going to come back to it because I think it's better segue into this comment from Ford, the CEO, uh, that, uh, he said is that he expect a huge price war coming for electric vehicles. Uh, with upcoming $25,000 models, which I thought is interesting because a day after he said that, we literally had our first $25,000 model uh, of electric vehicle, which is now the Bolt TV. Um, but before that, like we, th- there's been there's been talk about the $25,000 EV for a while. Uh, Tesla, of course, was early talking about it, and there was like this, even this design project in China going on. Like there was things were moving. And then until earlier this year in January, when Elon said that they are uh, pausing development on that vehicle and focusing on the Tesla bot and everything. So and the Tesla's kind of put this whole project on the back burner. But Volkswagen came out with the ID Life, where they say it's going to cost less than $25,000. So th- there's things moving on that front, but it looks like it was probably 2024, 2025, something like that. Um, now Jim Farley says that this is going to create a price war that people are going to be way more competitive in pricing um, as as the, the the cost of building the electric vehicle, especially the batteries, come down. He, he noted something interesting. He said that the Mac-E, which starts at $45,000, says that the battery pack alone costs uh, $18,000 to build. Uh, so he said use that as, a, as a, an example. That's a big pack, though. Yeah, it is a big pack, but, but still for, um, for a $45,000 vehicle, you, you start out with like you remove you, you just with the battery pack alone you reduce your um uh, your gro- the the room to achieve a gross margin you reduce that to 20 uh 28 uh $27,000 <laughs> like it's you don't you don't have a car yet you just have a battery pack 
and you have to build everything and have a gross margin within $27,000 for what is a premium vehicle, really. So that's 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 hard to do. But he, uh, he did mention that Ford is, is making a lot of improvement with their next generation EV platform because uh, they, they realize all the uh, manufacturing cost reduction that you can achieve with building an EV from the ground up, um, which, I mean, the Mackie is, is technically from the ground up, but uh, it was kind of a first attempt for Ford. Now the uh, first attempt as a EV from the ground up. Now they are seeing some major improvement. It says that uh, building an EV costs half the fixtures, half the workstation, half the wells, twenty percent less fastener. We designed it because it's such a simple product to radically change the manufacturability. So once they recognize all those improvement, uh, they they're gonna achieve a much uh, lower price vehicle. But they didn't mention anything about Ford building a twenty five, like no model in, on the way uh, for now. But he expects them to be coming soon. That's interesting because Ford really doesn't make a cheap car right now. They don't make. I mean, they don't make cars really. They make yeah, Mustang. they used to with the Focus and everything, but uh, maybe they, an S- they Escort make... or a Tempo or a Taurus or something. Yeah. I mean, um, a Maverick is technically not like. What's the starting true. price of that? Isn't that twenty five thousand dollars? I think it's pretty low. Yeah, something like that. By the way, the Nissan Leaf uh, currently is twenty seven four hundred. Uh, pretty low kind of close to where the bolt mm-hmm. is but nissan still has the uh seventy five hundred dollar tax credit although i think it's yeah. expiring soon oh, but yeah, um chatamo too <laughs> it's chatamo and it's also 40 kilowatt hour battery yeah. pack so kind of <laughs> yeah it's I, hard to compare that to the bolt really yeah the bolt is a much better pre- package all around mm-hmm. all right we have a few more news items to discuss and then we're going to jump into the comment section to answer your questions or discuss some other topics that you want us to get into. So if you have any questions or topics, put them in the comment section right now and we're going to get to them in a few minutes. The Mercedes-Benz EQB, uh, so it's a little smaller SUV, uh, is uh, it got the U.S. prices that was released this week. It is coming at 54500 for the EQB which is, uh, as we described, is kind of Mercedes as a Model Y competitor. And we know there's a giant market for the in, in that segment, so especially a market that Tesla dominates right now. But uh, there's always room for some competition, and the EQB is coming in there. Um, you have two versions, the 300 formatic and 350 formatic. The only difference is a little bit more output on the uh, 350, so you get 288 horsepower instead of 225 for the 300 version. And the price starts at oh, what do you say for? Okay, that was probably uh, without the delivery fee, 54,500. So 50, 5,500, uh, 55,550 for the uh, the lower powered one, and 59,100 for the higher power one, and then you have two different packages that you can add to that for options, the exclusive and the pinnacle. Yeah, there's a $1,550 destination and delivery fee. That's that's what's the difference right there. So Uh, this this is bigger than the uh, BMW iX1, right? It's another Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit bigger. Oh, wow, that's a nice angle of the GV60. I didn't see it like that before. Not mad. (laughs) The um, yeah, the, the scooter says when it's yeah available in the summer uh, in the U.S. That battery pack size, the exact same size as the Chevy Bolt battery pack. So just saying, half, double the price, same battery pack, <laughs> and close. I mean the base the base uh, horsepower is two twenty five. Uh, the Bolt is two two hundred. So yeah, I mean they they don't they don't go with power that much. Mercedes, they don't like even like unless you go with the EQS. But even then, uh, it's not. On the fastest car out there. All right. Uh, Buick had a big announcement this week. They say that they're going all electric by 2030. Uh, and they unveiled the Wildcat. It's uh, it's not a production vehicle. It's a concept. But it's supposed to give you an idea where they're going with their electric vehicles in the coming years. The first one, which is going to be called Electra, is coming... Uh, I was going to say next year, but now that that I screwed up last time, I'm oh yeah, 2024. <laughs> so it's coming in 2024. Going to be their first all electric vehicle. Uh, well, I say that the Buick had a bunch of one in China. In China, yeah, yeah, yeah they did that much one. They had like remember. the Volt, 
version of the yeah vault, yeah right? a nicer looking vault yeah china to get all the cool things this is a cool looking car though it's almost like a wagon look like a like a sporty wagon look yeah i mean buick so i think buick calls all their um prototypes wildcat but um you know if you look back at, over the years buick does some really cool prototypes unfortunately buicks usually end up looking like buicks <laughs> so uh hopefully i don't know hopefully this one looks more like the prototype yeah i guess it looks pretty cool well yeah what they say is that uh, by 2030 every model in their portfolio is going to be all electric that's a pretty i mean that's pretty much uh like there's not going to be any new introductions of vehicles that are going to have ICE it. I almost like how could you how could you introduce a new vehicle and have it you know go a full run rate and be all electric by 2030? I don't know. It wouldn't be a good investment for sure. They also unveiled this new Tri Shield logo to mark the the new era, the new electric era in the Buick brand. It's very French. Yeah. Or Dutch. Or the Montreal Canadian. Um, all right, the last one is Aptera, which I was uh, really surprised by how popular was that post. So I thought I'll include it because people seem to be uh, very following this program very closely. We, I mean, we've, we've been interested in this program for a while because, I mean, we, we part of electric. A lot of things that brought us to electric vehicles is just the efficiency. We're just a fan of efficiencies, and that car is efficiency incarnated, really. Yep. The whole idea is to... Because we... we there's something so cool about the idea of having solar on a car and you, you don't even need to charge it. You just, even as you ride, as you drive the car, it charges itself with solar. You can just leave it parked for a day and then it charges up. Like this is, this is so cool, but it never truly makes sense beyond, um, like either contouring what we call the vampire drain, which is the amount of energy that the car used just sitting around anyway. Uh, so countering that, which is cool. It's a little like we're powering a few things or adding a two or three miles of range per day, which is not much. But like this is this is nice. It made sense only if you go with the solar race car. Like those work completely by themselves on solar with the battery pack, of course. But they can technically run by themselves. This is this is nice too. But you, you going from that to a consumer product seems impossible. Aptera thinks that they, they found a way between that. They, they found a way to go, sorry, from like just a compromise between super efficiency, but good enough to be used as a consumer vehicle. Of course, they, they use kind of a, a loophole by actually it's it's registered as a motorcycle. So you're not, you, you don't have to have all the requirements of safety of an electric vehicle, though they do build a, the equivalent of a roll cage in it. So obviously you're much safer than in a the, the motorcycle. There's no doubt about that. But uh, there, there's kind, there's got to be, when you're talking about this kind of efficiency, uh, there, there's going to be some compromises. And uh, the big thing here is obviously the, the drag coefficient. What, what did we say about the DeLorean being very good at uh, 0.23, I think? Right. This is 0.13. Like right. This, this is you cannot highlight how much how big of a difference it is, and the Deron will already look super efficient type vehicle, but this is obviously like the covered wheels have been there for uh, teardrop shape with the flattened uh, flattened back here. Like this, this is not things that you you would see in a normal car. This is all about efficiency. But Aptera ended up with a design that is actually like a good two seater vehicle with a little bit of luggage spare in, in the back. And with that kind of insane efficiency, what you get is you, you, you get with a relatively small battery pack, you can get a long range. And also, even if you have less room for solar on it, the solar is going to count for more because it takes less energy to travel a few miles. So you, you actually contribute to more, uh, depending on the option that you choose, because you can choose to have just solar on the hood, solar on the hood and the roof, solar on the hood and the roof and the tail. Uh, if you choose the whole thing, you can add up to 40 miles of range a day, which normally I'd say it's completely crazy. But when you have a drag coefficient of 0. 0.3, 0. 0.13, uh, I'm thinking like, yeah, I mean, at this point, it can be possible if you have a, like the best, the best, uh, most efficient solar cells on them. Yeah, the uh, I think the CEO said that 
the drag on the Aptera is the equivalent of the F-150 mirror. Just the just the side mirrors <laughs> on the F. Well, yeah. The, uh, well, the, I don't know if the F one fifty or if you have to go bigger than that, but like, you have the the large mirrors too sometimes. Yeah, just, those those are like basically but just those not the parachutes, just, just the mirrors. Yeah. And then uh, it's also the equivalent of pushing like a a one foot by one foot box down the road. So uh-huh. you know, a flat box. So it's pretty good. They did. Yeah. they did a really good job with that. I just wish they would make these things already. Yeah, the, but the other thing that's really attractive to people is the price too. It starts at twenty five thousand nine hundred. That's for a two hundred and fifty miles version. So they, they know that two hundred fifty miles is good for most people. Like, so they, they knew that. And then if you go full solar panel on it on on that thing, like you 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 basically never need to charge that car. Like the car is going to charge itself all the time. Um, then you can sprung for the thirty thousand dollar version, which get four hundred miles. $35,000 version for 600 miles. And then you can even have a thousand miles version, which is excessive, but some people just, they, they want that kind of security. Uh, and that's going to cost you $45,000. Uh, but why, why did we write on them this week is that um, they are about to close their financing round. They have a financing round closing, I think this weekend. They, uh, um, but, uh, and then to like, Talk to, to talk people into investing. They uh, they announced the number of reservation that they have. They reached twenty two thousand reservation for the vehicle, which is uh, the equivalent of uh, a potential for eight hundred million in sales. Which of course that's with a hundred percent take rate, which is obviously not going to happen. But they do require a hundred dollar deposit, so there is some seriousness in the uh, in the reservation if you're placing a hundred dollars. Uh, but it can be seventy if you use a referral code. So most people, I would assume, are are paying just seventy bucks. But yeah, uh, we were excited about the Aptera. Like they, they they're talking about delivering the first unit uh, later this year, but uh, it looks like it's gonna be pretty much like hand built units from their uh, current campus, and uh, we're gonna have to wait a few years until they ramp up production with a, a full full size factory. Yeah, and if they do like everybody else, the employees will be getting the first first round. Yeah, but again, because it's like uh, it's a motorcycle, whatever. Like it's it doesn't. It's much easier to manufacture than a, a normal car because they don't have all the same requirements since it's classified as a motorcycle. Because it's classified as a motorcycle, though, I don't know if like uh, here we're gonna have like in Quebec. If I would have to have a helmet, I don't know what's gonna, what are the the rules on that. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. even if it's enclosed. What about the uh, um, the front? Fun utility vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Kimoto, they're not here, but uh, like the T Rex and things like that, people have to have a, a helmet on. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Huh. But no. T Rex, I guess, is not completely enclosed. So, so right. that, might, that might be the difference maker. All right. I think we're ready for the questions. All right. Moving there. Um, all the way back before we started, Dan Oberst. How much money do you think Chevy will be losing per bolt sold at 25k? Hmm. I think it might be right on the money on it. Like I think that, that might be it. I think it might cost about $25,000 to make that car. Yeah, it sounds about right to me. Um like why why lower it down to a loss when it seems yeah. like but you know, it's hard to say. Uh, I mean, you probably got a good deal on those batteries, on those latest batteries of LG. That's true. Yeah, LG probably like, gave them a break yeah. on that. <laughs> you probably gave them a good deal on that after the whole mess. And and there's not a lot of marketing costs because they don't do any marketing for that thing. So, uh, yeah. yeah, all the pieces are there. All right, moving on. Uh, looks like Buick is going to offer the Dodge Challenger customers. Drawing looks pretty cool. The, oh, the Wildcat. I mean, the, so Wildcat. the Wildcat EV concept looks like a Dodge Challenger. I don't know about that. No, I haven't yeah. looked at the Challengers for a while. Wow. No, yeah, I get it. No, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. You can kind of see it. Mm. I mean, it's like an American muscle car, I guess. All right, Jiminy Stack regarding the uh, Tesla uh, work stuff. I worked in India six days a week. Ten hours a day was normal. I, uh, hung yeah, on, on, normal. On 
Was, was it good? <laughs> no. Yeah, in Hong Kong, the Saturdays you'd get like a, a six-hour Saturday, and that was like oh. like a really nice perk. Uh, all right, moving along. Question: Have you guys seen the FTN Motion Street Dog? Beta bikes rolling out now, 100-kilometer range scooter. I think it could be up your alley. Come to New Zealand for a review. So I actually did take Invite us to New Zealand. I'll come. Yeah. Uh, If anybody at uh, FTN Motion Mm -hmm. is listening, uh, we'll go. And and I might as well plug the Wheelie podcast, which is tomorrow morning. uh, Yeah, that's my word question for the Wheelie guys, which are Seth and Micah. Yeah. Um, and I and I did take a look at it, and it kind of looks like uh, something we have here called the Onyx uh, Racer. Um, uh, maybe a cooler version of that, but uh, yes, those are very popular. All right, Jonathan Root, authoritarian Elon. The brain drain will be real. Great reason for Tesla to unionize. Uh-oh. That's probably why the comments yeah. went crazy there. <laughs> well, I mean, the way Elon sees it is like, well, everyone is going to lose through that request to go remote or it's not a problem losing them. So I guess he, he sees it like that. Though he did mention, he did mention in the original email that, oh, uh, if, yeah, if some exceptional people, I can make some exceptions. Uh, but he says he's going to review all the exception himself, which assures that there's not going to be a lot of requests for exception because right. there's not a lot of people at Tesla that willingly uh, will ask to be reviewed by Elon Musk, I think. Yeah. From what I hear, it's not the it's, it's not the least stressful way to uh, go about your job. All right. Let me find. Let me, hopefully, we got beyond that. <clears throat> Sarah E says, as much range as an SR+. Plus. I wonder what... The- that was probably uh, around the bolt time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure. All right, we're still talking about. Uh... Oh yeah, that, that was about the DeLorean. I mean, it, the the original DeLorean has an interesting story. Like, yeah, I don't remember where the documentary I saw about it, but uh, or was it a book? I don't, I don't remember, but uh, like they got screwed pretty bad too. Like there was there was a lot like. I mean, I don't remember the the guy that, but um, the, there was a too much politics involved. Like they ended up building the car in Ireland because of the the politics, uh, the incentive helped them there. But then you end up building a car in Ireland where most of the market is in the U.S. Like it, it, it is, a lot of, there was a lot of issues. And then of course, the, at the end of the the thing, it was the cocaine deal that the CEO made to to pay the employees. Which was complete entrapment by the FBI or the DEA. I don't, I don't remember who was involved, but the U.S. government, the, the law enforcement, really screwed that guy bad. Like, yeah, he was not a drug dealer at all, and they went out of their way to entrap him into a big coke deal because he knew he was trapped for cash, and he literally did it to keep the company surviving and keep paying his employee. Uh, so, not well. If it wasn't from that, it Company will probably went bankrupt anyway, but I don't know. There was there was a lot of shady things happening around it. I don't. Uh, they still they had a pretty good product that people like. Yeah, it was interesting and unique. Mm-hmm. Obviously, yeah, unique. All right, uh, moving on. Ron King says, "Question: EV are now five percent of the USA market. What do you think it'll be at the year end? What do you think uh, ice sales will be at the end of the year? Down to about twelve million at the end of May twenty twenty two." Yep, I mean we're definitely going ice down, EVs up. Um, I don't know what the yeah. The I mean, here's the interesting thing: new car sales. I new high car sale peaked in 2017. Um, of course, there was some reason that I have nothing to do with EVs or anything that, but that's what happened in 2022. The fleet of ICE vehicle as peaked. It's now going down. This is interesting because, of course, w- the focus is always on new car sale because that's pretty much all you can do. You can, instead of buying a nice car, you buy an EV and eventually the fleet is going to replace uh, over time. But we knew that we knew that replacing the whole fleet is going to take a lot of time. But at least we knew that we're going in the right direction now because 
as of now in the US, the peak, the, the whole fleet of ICE car has peaked, meaning that there's more EVs getting into the market uh, and uh, ICE car being salvaged, being retired, that the EV fleets is growing overall enough to compensate for that. And the ICE fleet is, 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 um, is going down. So this is this is very interesting. Now f- to Ron's question, by the end of the year, I think the jumps are going to be super quick. Like uh, as soon as like this year is a little bit production limited again. Um, so I, I say probably no more than seven or eight percent. I, I would think. Uh, but next year, I wouldn't be surprised if it doubles next year, and you see like a fifteen, sixteen percent, and twenty twenty four. It's going to be in the U, uh, the U.S. Again, like the U.S. is far behind a lot of the market. Uh, I see it 20%, 30%. And a lot of that is not about new EVs coming to market and production volume come, uh, growing, uh, but also just people deciding not to buy an ICE. If they cannot get an EV, they will just like, I'm not going to invest $30,000 in, in the technology that's obsolete. Yep. All right. Moving on, uh, Jimmy Stack, we're talking about Aptera now. The Aptera is so efficient. Solar will work great, 10 miles per kilowatt hour. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he has one on order. And the coefficient of drag, 13.13 for the Aptera. Lightweight as well. Yeah, it is super lightweight, too. That's a good point. Uh, Dan's got some cold water to throw on that, though. Trike vehicles suck because of the inability to straddle potholes. Uh, well, yeah. yeah, that's a good I point. mean, that's not really yeah. like, I mean, I yeah, don't know how I many mean, are around, but I uh, come, come drive here and give it. Yeah, that's, all, that's all like, we're not, that's we're all not like, great here. Like, um, when I'm auto, I love autopilot, it's great. Like, it, it, it removes a lot of stress for driving and everything. But all I'm doing when I'm autopilot, I'm like looking at the road to see the, the, the potholes so I can, I can take over and, and try to get around them because the autopilot doesn't do it. Uh, and and it is a full time job just doing that. All right, Roller Twenty says Aptera is considered an auto cycle, not a motorcycle. So don't think a helmet is ever required. Yeah, I, I know that's the case in some market, but I'm thinking here in Quebec, I don't know if we have that category of auto cycle, whatever you call it. All right, uh, do you think Tesla's new manganese cathode battery will oust LFP? Not house LFP. I think all viable battery chemistries are going to be used, including LFP. Um, I, I know you might say that based on last week we talked about the new manganese one with the century old, it's a hundred year battery or something. And, and the way that the study was framed was framed in comparison to LFP and it favorably compared to LFP. But I don't think that would mean that it would replace LFP. I think it's just it's another alternative, and Tesla's going to use every battery you can get their hands on really. Every viable battery they can get their hands on. Yeah. All right. Uh, Follow-up question. Is there really a leaf coming out or will it always be Chatamo and 50 kilowatt charging? I think he means a new leaf. Mm. Um, I don't, I think the leaf is pretty close to the end of its Mm. cycle. Um, The Aria, Nissan Aria Mm. is coming. When is that coming? They are on the street in Japan. Yeah. Uh, Here. Who knows? Um. But the you know the Aria's got a CCS combo, so that's kind of the the nail in the coffin of Chatamo. Um, maybe a leaf with CCS combos coming out at some point. I don't know. New redesign leaf. Uh, he wants a twenty thousand dollar Nissan Versa EV. Good luck there. Mm-hmm. Question: Do you think Tesla's distractions with robots, AI, Twitter, Bitcoin, etc., is giving competitors a window to catch up? Well, that's really mostly elon's distractions yeah i mean tesla that like i a lot of people tell me that like a lot of long-time tesla investors that are just fed up with uh with what elon's rhetoric lately and becoming political for no apparent clear reason other than oh biden doesn't like me or whatever uh it's it's frustrating for a lot of people and they're like, should I just sell my Tesla stock? Like, because the the way they see it, and I, I'm not saying that I share exactly this uh, this view, but it's like they think that the CEO of the company is kind of uh, losing it for for a bit. Yeah, um, 
which I don't, I don't think I, I, I have, I, I, if, if my language doesn't make clear, I have serious concern about him going political for no clear reason. But thing is, like you talk about a competitor catching up, Tesla is still selling every car it can make, and it's still making a lot more cars than anybody else, and it's still growing faster than anybody else in the production capacity. So as long as the, these are the case, Tesla is still going to dominate the EV market. And, uh, and and that's it. Like those distractions, the robot might be like the is the well, robot and AI put them together might be like the only real distraction affects Tesla. I don't think I, I think Twitter might not affect the Tesla stock. Bitcoin also affect the Tesla stock, but like on a day to day basis, it doesn't take any kind of manpower, engineering power from Tesla, and uh, away from from the core products. I don't think. Yeah. All right. Uh, last question, I believe. Uh, how are hybrids counted in the fleet of ICE cars? Are they counted toward ICE, toward EVs, or ignored regarding peak ICE fleet of 2022? First time I heard this. Um, I think it depends on the survey. Yeah. Uh, I, from my understanding, the the high, the, the non it's plug-in and non-plug-in, basically. So depends how you consider a hybrid. But if, a, if it's a hybrid without a plug, Generally, it gets counted in highs because the only way to uh, to power the car is with an internal combustion engine. Uh, plugins, because you have at least the option, uh, counts towards EV. But what, what we've been seeing, though, lately is, uh, well, in the U.S., less so, but more in other markets. So probably in the U.S., it's going to happen, too, is plug-in and, and hybrids are, 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 are falling, too. Right, right now, this is, it's like all electric or nothing, basically. All right, that's it for the questions. All right, well, thanks, everyone. That was a fun show. A lot of questions, a lot of different news, a lot of different subjects, and uh, we appreciate you listening. And if you're still listening to the end, I appreciate you a little more. And uh, if you did like the show, please give us a thumbs up or a like. It's always appreciated and it helps the algorithm. Uh, I'll praise the algorithm. And uh, and then we're going to see you next time, uh, same time, same place next week. Have a good one.